0: We're hardwired to be works-oriented. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? All our life, we grew up in a world that's works-oriented. Mm-hmm. If you work hard enough, you will receive this. Now, that's not that true most of the time, by the way. A lot of people work really hard, and they don't get what yeah. they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's not always true. Yeah. The Bible does say hard work does produce a profit. And I'm not saying we shouldn't work hard in the Lord. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do good works in the Lord. I'm saying that, as far as... It's,
1: It's
0: something from the book. It's 40 days of reading all the Gospels, Which is kind of cool. And every day I've been praying this prayer. And I want to go through it with you. In Christ, there is nothing I can do that would make you love me more. I want you to think about that for a second. Nothing you and I can do to make God love us more. Nothing I have done that can make you love love me less in Christ. You know, this makes sense with my kids. I don't love them less when they had a tough day. And I don't love them more when they had a good day. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they had a good day. And I'm sad when they have a bad day. But I don't love them less. Even though, parents, you were evil, right? How much more will your Heavenly Father give you? Yeah. You know, the Bible says that parents are evil. That's really struggling. <laughs> Man, parents are evil, you know? But compared to God, I was telling, uh, I was talking about this with, uh, with, with, with a brother, and I was saying that, you know, you got a guy who lifts 225, and you're like, wow, that guy's strong. Then you see a power lifter coming in. There, and he's got the bar, and it's bending. You know what I mean? Because he's got so many 45s on. He gets, ah, and he puts it up, you know. And you're like, that guy is huge. And then a gorilla comes in. <laughs> and just lifts it up like this. <laughs> See, it's all relative, right? Righteousness is relative. And when you're talking about God, we're talking about a lot of righteousness.
1: Mm-hmm. Pure
0: righteousness. Powerful. When we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the epitome of righteousness. The epitome of the epitome of, of great works being done. Who can outdo Jesus? Who can outdo his works? Who can do greater things than Jesus? No one's ever challenged him. No one's ever said, you know, when he said, hey, who can prove me to be a liar? No one said anything. No one has to this day, other than a couple silly remarks by skeptics, have ever challenged the righteousness of Jesus? Oh, well, he turned water into wine. That wasn't very righteous. But that's so cool that Jesus could understand righteousness in that way, to allow people to make their own decisions about what they drink. Right? People say, well, Jesus got mad at the temple. He started whipping people. But doesn't that show how different our righteousness is from God's righteousness? That he would make such a stink about his father's house. And he was right all the time. And he was was the greatest lover of all time. And I want us to think about that for a second. Nothing I can do. That's what I want to focus on today. I want to go through the other parts of the prayer. Your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. That prayer you can pray every day for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Your presence and approval are all I need. Everlasting joy. Here's a question, church. Are you feeling everlasting joy? The Bible says you should be. You should be. Because God's presence and approval is upon you. His presence, is he's with you all the time. And his approval, he loves you. When you came up out of the water, he said the same thing that he said to Jesus when he, when he came out of the water. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Amen. He's pleased with you. Do you know that, church? He's pleased with you, and His presence is with you. And everything else is just dead idols. Amen? Then he says, As you have been to me, so will be to others. That's an amazing prayer. <laughs> so the first two one is about how God, what God's done for you, what, what God, your relationship with God. The second one is how you treat others and how you pray for others. As you have been to me, so I'll be to others you know it's not how I think about how you've been to me it's not how you think of me I'll think of others it's how you've been to me I'll I'll be to others so if someone sins against you did we sin against Jesus? yeah we did and so therefore did he forgive us? and so we forgive each other you know it's the debt, right? It's the, it's the $2, you know, part of the... If someone owes you $2 and, and you owe God, you know, trillions of dollars, right? It makes no sense for us to, to think that way. But we understand the trillion dollars. $2 is nothing. And then lastly, as I pray, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. And we'll explain these things in deeper ways every midweek. But I want to focus on this one. In Christ, there's nothing I can do that would make you love me more. And nothing I have done that makes you love love me less. How do you feel about that statement? That prayer? Do you believe it? It's a hard thing to... I just want to be real. It's a hard thing to believe. Because of how I'm wired. But also because of how... how I see things in the Bible. Amen? I was thinking to myself... You know, do I believe this? And why should I believe this? Is this just based upon God's unconditional love? Is he just Santa Claus and he just loves everybody? I'll give a cookie to you, Tita. Cookie to you, Heather. You're awesome. You know, I'm coming with presents. Why is this true? Why is this a truth that I'm putting before you? That God loves you. He can't love you anymore. And he can't love you any less than Christ. And it has nothing to do with how your day was today. How does God feel about you right now? That's a great question. That's an important question. We don't ask that a lot of times. We ask, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing good. how about, how, does, sis, how does God feel about you? Well, isn't that a different question? That's a very different question. How do we feel like God feels about us? How do we measure that? How about right now? How does that feel about you? you know, this is, this is a question, isn't it? To think about. Well, hopefully today, with a couple scriptures and some thinking, we'll come to this conviction. That, and we can pray it with confidence. That God, right? He loves us just as much as He's ever going to love us. And that's, that's wide and that's deep. And that's long. And that's amazing to think about. You can never understand God's love completely. It is so wide and deep that even Paul prayed that you would understand it, even though you can't understand it. He said, The unmeasurable, he said, You're not gonna be able to understand, but I pray that you can at least jump in the ocean. It's the Pacific Ocean. It's a great ocean of love. Amen. But even the Pacific has limits. Well, it depends, man. How was my week this week? You know, when I come into church, I feel many different things. Sometimes I'm fired up. Sometimes I'm not fired up. Sometimes God's fired up about me. Sometimes God's not fired up. Well, here's some things I measure myself with. Well, did I have my quiet time this week? Did I read my Bible? Pretty good this week. And did I pray? And that's, that kind of, did I share my faith? Did I fast? Did I serve the poor? Did I recycle? No, I didn't recycle. I didn't actually have a good week. I, I, lusted. I, I was stingy with my money. I kicked the dog. Hey amen. I didn't actually do that. I'm just saying. You know, you kiss, kick, lulu. You lusted, amen, bro. But you kicked, lulu. No, no, no. no, I didn't kick the dog. But we can feel like, man, we come into church and God's disapproved with us. He's not fired up about us. He's, he's not excited to see us. I'm saying this is how we can feel sometimes. This is how we can feel sometimes. How? How? Do do we feel that way? If we're going to be honest with ourselves. Do we have the conviction that our lives are hidden with Christ? Mm -hmm. That just the way God feels about Jesus is the way He feels about us. Wow. That's a different type. Being forgiven and then God feeling the same way he feels about Jesus toward you. That's a different... That, that can be different, can it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. But I'm not really happy with you. And I'm kind of getting a little fed up with you. Mm-hmm. That's not how God is, amen? What's the Bible say? Second Corinthians chapter 5. You? I'm just going to go through a couple passages. Mm-hmm. And you know, what? I don't think we can ever speak about this enough. Because mm-hmm. your work measures you by your works are you valuable you know and that we can do that with god god already proved how valuable we were by dying on the cross right second corinthians 5 verse 21 it says god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness I skip over that passage real quick, right? Let's get on to chapter 6. You know, it talks about some cool stuff here. But what about verse 21? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. All the righteousness of God is upon you. Do you believe it, church? You have to believe it because it's in the Bible. You have to accept it. You have to wrestle with this, guys. We wrestle with hard passages like, oh, you know, I can only date Christians or I can only marry Christians, right? That's a hard one. Or man, you know, I have, to, I have to deny myself and take up my cross. That's hard. But what about this one? This one's hard too. Yeah. That even though you see how flawed you are, God made you the righteousness of God. He gifted you with Jesus' righteousness. Amazing. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Well, how do we get this righteousness of God? Well, it says, verse 3, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ is raised from the dead to the glory of God or glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him in a death like this, we'll certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like this. You know, the Bible says when we have had faith in Jesus Christ, And we've repented. And we've been baptized. We get into Christ. And we... That's underrated, amen, in the Christian world today. In Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? In Christ. Christ is in us. We're in Him. We're connected. We are... as Jesus said in John 17, one. Right? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. How are we doing? I love our church, amen? I love our worldwide church. I think it's amazing. I think we really do strive to live out the Bible, amen? And it's awesome. And it's amazing. And we call each other to live by the Bible. It's not just we live the Bible. We, we encourage one another to live out the Bible. And we speak about things. And it, and it, it can sometimes, you know, it, it helps us to live out the Bible, right? We, we, we see the truth as we hold to the teachings of Jesus, amen, in John 8. But we also can go get so hung up and, and, and fired up about discipleship that we forget that it is finished. We focus more on discipleship than the gospel. Yeah. Now you go, are they any different? They're kind of the same thing, if you think about it. They're never meant to be separated. But our works-oriented, hardwired mind does that. We measure. We, we take a pulse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that pulse tells us how God feels about us. And I, I want you to think about that. You know, sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad, right? But it has nothing to do with how God feels about you because you're in Christ. Well, why? Galatians 3, verse 26 and 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Does it say through works? Does it say through being a good Christian? You're his children. This makes sense, you know. Noah's my child. Hopefully he's not acting up out there. But you know, I love him anyways. (laughs) No matter what he does. Right? He's my child. He's always going to be my child. And that's how you are now in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, I am the father, they are the children. He says, so in Christ, all of your children, God, through faith... All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You know, this word clothed doesn't just mean clothes, it means totally covered, even hidden in Christ. Now, God's not fooled. He's not like, oh man, is that Christ? He's not fooled. (laughs) But because of his death on the cross, he has made you and given you his righteousness. He's given you his righteousness. Amazing. He took my record, died for it, and offers me his perfect record. It's pretty awesome. I remember when I didn't have a perfect record um in driving him in. You know? Got a couple tickets, insurance went up. Okay? That's always a stinker. But if I wait five years, amen, it will be all erased in Massachusetts. And so it was four, four years into it, and in like eight months, and I'm driving like this. I'm not going to do mess it up, you know, and praise God, it was erased, right? That felt so good. But here, I had to earn that, right? God said, no, you're perfect. My perfect record now is your perfect record. My perfect record is your perfect record. I want, to think, I want you to think about something for a second. I'm going to read this, 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 this part from this book, which I think is really inspiring. It helped me a lot. Imagine if you could say this to God. God, here is why I think you should hear my prayer this week. I concluded a 40-day fast. And during that time, I met Satan in the flesh. Stared him down and resisted all his temptations. And then I suffered unjustly at the hand of sinners, but did so without complaint or the first flash of selfish anger. The only time I opened my mouth was to forgive those who were doing that to me. I also walked on water, healed a blind guy on the spot, and fed 5,000 hungry men with a loaf of bread. According to the gospel, that's exactly what you did. You know, when it's hidden in Christ, it doesn't just mean you're you're hidden, so no one sees you. It means you have the same identity in many ways spiritually as Christ. You know? I'm not saying we shouldn't exalt Jesus for who He is. He is the ultimate Savior, ultimate Christ. But, because of what He did, He allow you He's connected you to those works. He's connected you to the ultimate work, dying on the cross for our sins. Col- Colossians 3 this is the last passage. Actually, second to last. I want us to think about this scripture here. Chapter 3. This is one of my wife's favorite passages. Verse 3. For you die. Good thing you didn't end there, amen. <laughs> And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now that takes it even greater. So Christ and God are one, right? When you're up in heaven, do you think you see three people? You think you see three people? Hey, that's the Holy Spirit. He's kind of like a ghost. And then we're going to see Jesus. He's got the beard. And the Father, he's going to just be this really unapproachable guy. We're going to see one guy. Amen? Jesus is the reachable God. The Holy Spirit is the one that is God all over the world and beyond the universe and outside of time and inside of time, everywhere, inside of everything, outside of everything, the Holy Spirit. Can we just acknowledge how amazing the Holy Spirit is, by by the way? It's amazing. And then the father we know these are these are different aspects of God right people call personalities right it's hard to understand the Godhead amen but what I say is that we are in God now where's God he's in heaven he's everywhere but he's in heaven so if you die your salvation you gotta think for a second well that means that Christ won't be in heaven either because I'm with Christ And if God's in heaven and Christ is in God, then where am I going to be? I'm going to be there too. I'm connected. We think of in like, you know, like something's in this phone. It's, It's not quite that simple spiritually. Amen? And I want us to think about the fact that you are so connected to God now in Christ. That when he sees you, you know, when you, I love that, that, that little uh, picture where the, 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 um, the cat is looking in the mirror and he sees a lion. Isn't that awesome? I love that picture. That's a funny picture, you know. It's got a lot of meanings to it. But how do you look at yourself when you look in God's word? The mirror, right? Do you see yourself as a lion or a little kitten? A lot of times we look at the Bible, we we don't even feel like a kid. We feel like a, a little rodent. You know? When God says, no, I want you to see the lion. Amen? We can look at the Bible and beat ourselves up with it. We can look at our spiritual life and beat ourselves up with it instead of realizing that we are in Christ. How are you taking this message? It's a great, great thought. How are you taking this message? You know, Satan's primary temptation strategy is to try to make us forget what God has said about us and to evaluate our standing before God by some other criteria. What did Satan do in the the, the desert with Jesus? I just want to, we're not going to even read the passage. We know the passage, right? Jesus goes in the desert, 40 days and 40 nights. He's fasting. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't drinking. Amazing, by the way. Amen. Try doing that. Amen. Don't try to do that. You're going to die. Right? That's crazy. The angels attended him. He was weak. If you're the son of God. That's the first thing he said to him. He didn't say, hey, look at this. This naked lady, Jesus. He didn't say, hey, look at all this money. I stole it from the temple. Do you want it? He said, are you, if you're the son of God. If you are. Are you? I don't know. Because the Son of God is hungry right now and thirsty. If you are, make this the bread. Satan does the same thing with you. Are you a daughter of God? Are you a son of God? I mean, a son of God don't act like that. A daughter of God doesn't talk like that. Same thing. Prove it if you're the son of God. Then then do better. Pray harder. Share your faith more. Be like Chris Gredlix. Be like Brandon, man. Sometimes we compare ourselves. If I could just be like Brandon, man, God would feel better about me. No, that's not what Jesus said, right? Jesus said, man lives on bread alone. Doesn't live on bread alone, he lives on, but every word that comes out of God's mouth. He's like, I'm not going to let you mess up my identity. The second thing he says is, You know, surely the Son of God can jump off this temple and the angels will catch him. Again, an identity question. Think about it. Another identity question. But a different angle. You know, I don't know if everyone else is going to believe, but if you jump off this temple, people will believe. I don't need people to to believe. I I don't care what people think about me. I am the Son of God. Sometimes we, we, we need confirmation. Am I, am I saved? Am I doing a good job? Sometimes we need that. I don't think there's anything wrong with bouncing stuff off people, getting advice. But when it comes to our standing with God, you should not be needing to keep bouncing that off of people. Amen? Amen. You're a son of God. How does my leader feel about me? Who cares? No, we should submit to our leaders. We should make our leaders a joy, amen. I should make my people that are leading me and serving a joy. But it doesn't matter. If Jimmy doesn't think I'm a a Christian, Jimmy Rogers has nothing to do with what he thinks. A lot of times we gauge how we are with God because of how other people think about us. And I'm not saying we're not going to be prideful, we're not going to listen, Amen. We should be open to what people say about us and help us out because it is to forge us more like Jesus. I mean, we are Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're like Jesus. We have his righteousness. We might as well start trying to live like him. Amen? Amen? And the third thing he said was, I'll give you all this. And I remember, I'll never forget Manny. He goes... That's the stupidest temptation. Satan is so stupid, Daddy. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, making coffee. Yes, son, he is stupid. What is he doing? Tempting Jesus with the world. What a stupid Satan. And I'm like, yeah, he's really stupid. What do you mean, son? You mean the world's like, you know, he, often... it's already his. Why would he tempt him with something that's already his? It's his world. Jesus made it. Why is Satan trying to give it back to him? And I was like, whoa. That was deep. I didn't need coffee to wake me up after that. But it's an identity question again. Amen? Think about that. Are you in touch with how Satan's attacking you right now? Accusing you right now? how you're not good enough? How you're not good at this Christian thing? You should give up. Because Christians wouldn't mess up like this. Christians would have their act together by this. I mean, you're 20 years old in the faith. Come on now. That's Satan. See, how do you know the difference between Satan and the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible. That helps you. Amen? But I think one thing that really helped me to think about was Satan talks about what you're not doing. He accuses you. He focuses on you. The Holy Spirit focuses on what God did for you. Who are we listening to more? Do we focus more about what we need to do? Or we focus more on what God did for us already? That's profound. What do you spend most time thinking about? I'll tell you what, I'll give you a secret. Paul focus more on what God did for him. And he did more than anyone else. So if you are a doer and you want to do a lot of things, stop focusing on what you're doing. And focus on what God did. I want you to think about that. I want you to pray this prayer. God, you can't love me any more than you do right now. No matter what I have done or what I will do. You love me. With all your love. All the love that you love Christ with. You love me like that. I want you to pray that. So what are, these, what are these things that I gave out to you? I want you to think about these things. I want you to have a, a time just in your own quiet times to think about this. Amen? Alright. <laughs> I want to go through the questions. I want to make sure you understand them and then we will end. How does God feel about you right now? Hopefully you're feeling a little bit more encouraged about that question. He's feeling awesome about me. He loves me. He's like, Well done, good and faithful servant. What if I miss midweek? He's saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. What if I didn't show up to the whole project Charlie was talking about? He's saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) Charlie's talking about that. (laughs) Guys, he's feeling awesome about you. See, we get discouraged. You know what holds back our our, our good works? It isn't our selfishness. That's one part of it. It's It's our guilt and our discouragement. You ever be discouraged and try to do something great? It doesn't work. When do you do great? It's when you are feeling confident in God. You know? Remember what God's done. He said, it is finished. We went, remember, we're going back to that for a second. Is it finished? Mm-hmm. Are you allowing it to be finished in your life? Because when you can say, yeah, it is finished. God feels amazing about me. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. This is my daughter. What does the gift of Christ's righteousness mean to you? What does that mean to you? I want you to think about that. What does it mean to you? It's pretty cool, man. Okay, that's a good start. What's it mean to you? It means I don't have to walk around and listen to Satan anymore. It means when I hear the accuser, I put this back in my faith. My life is hidden with Christ. Have you ever said that back to Satan? Hey, Satan, my life is hidden with Christ. All the righteousness that Christ has, I have now. So stop accusing man. Sometimes I mock Satan. I got to be careful. You want to say it in Jesus' name and you want to be humble with it. Because even Michael the Archangel was humble with Satan. But don't let him just talk to you and not answer back. Think about what, who you want to share this with. Think about that for a second. Christ's righteousness. You can share that with people. Why do we invite people to church? What is this anniversary about? Why are we excited about the anniversary? Yay, eight years. Well, who cares about the church? We meet in Witch Camper 102. I mean, it's not incredible on its own. Amen? Can I get an amen? We're not, we don't, we didn't rent out Jordan's furniture. We didn't take over Jordan's furniture. You know, we don't have Joel Esteen's, you know, Civic Center of Houston Rockets. You know I mean? That's pretty awesome looking. What's awesome about us? We've been sharing Christ's gift of righteousness for eight years to people. And they have, it's been revealed to them. And now they are hidden with Christ. That's what we're celebrating. And sharing that with someone is the only and greatest thing I really have to share with them. And so I want you to think about this. I, I want you to think about just thinking about who you want to invite to the anniversary service. But I don't want you to invite them because I want you to feel better about your righteousness. And I don't want you to invite them because you have to. Don't invite someone because you have to. You know, good news is good news. If it's not good news yet, you gotta, you gotta, your job is to not do good works. Your job is to focus on what is happening in your heart. Because after you understand that you'll be doing good works more than anyone in this whole room now sometimes I gotta do something like a call I gotta meditate and and do a little bit of heart sometimes doing stuff helps my heart and so that's the only reason I do it I don't do it because I'm saved I do it because sharing my faith with someone helps me sometimes you ever need to cross-study more than the person that you're doing the cross-study with I've been there before. I'm like, oh, the cross. Oh my goodness. The guy's like, dude, are you okay? I'm okay. You know? Or you do that sin study and you just remember your own life. Let me ask something, church. Why did the Jews keep falling away? This is a great question, huh? Why did they keep falling away? Why do we keep falling away? Why did they fall away? In my opinion, obviously, they, they did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Which, you can't take that for granted, by the way. It gives you a new heart and new flesh. That's the number one reason why they kept drifting. But another practical reason is they never really shared their faith. Do you notice that? They weren't trying to win the the world into being part of Yahweh. They were trying to keep their own. They were on defense all the time. Now, there was times that they witnessed and there was times they, they shared. But they weren't evangelizing, Amen. And I believe the New Covenant tells us to share our faith so that we can remember the gospel. That's a huge thing to think about. That if we can share our faith, we can get deeper and deeper in the gospel. For me, obviously I love to share my faith. It's an awesome thing to see people change and, 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 and get the, you know, see their lives change and see how amazing God works in their life and see them get the gift of righteousness, right? But more importantly, I think more importantly, and maybe this is selfish of me, I've learned more from studying the Bible with people than any midweek, than any DPI book. Because when you teach something, you learn more, amen? You learn more. And so I want you to think about that. Why do we share our faith? It's not so that we can be saved. It's not because we are saved. It's because we're saved that we share our faith. So let's have a prayer right now. And I want us to, to, to really think about this. And maybe in your, in your D groups and in your family groups, that could be something you guys talk about. This message, you know. One of the things I thought about was, like, what do we do in our family groups to follow up with this gospel message? I want to encourage us to, to use some of this stuff. Use some of the stuff we talk about on, on Midweek. Talk about Zacchaeus, right? Do that, amen? So let's say, we're, I'm going to ask, I'd like to ask um, someone to pray for us. Um, and I don't want to call on someone. Who would like to pray for us? Janet? Sorry, no. Janet. And then... I'm so sorry. No, Jen. I want to hear Janet. I want to... If you pray for us, that'd be great. And then, Brandon, will finish us off. Thank you
1: so much, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to gather together in your Son's
0: name, your righteous Son. Amen.
1: His blood covers us and keeps us safe. Amen. Nothing we need to do other than to worship your son and you, and know that you've done it all for us. For the Lord is faithful, and He strengthens us, and He protects us from the evil one. That Second Thessalonians chapter three verse three, which I learned today, and I thank you for
0: that promise, Lord. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
2: Dear Heavenly Father God. Uh- so good to pray to you, Lord. I know um, I'm just grateful for your truth, God. I know um, my feelings can tell me one thing, uh, but your word says something different. Man, I'm definitely grateful that uh, your word is something that we can go back to, Lord. It's something that we have access to. It's something that uh, is it, it it makes us uh, new, God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful for that, Lord. I pray that we don't just let this midweek go in one ear and out the other Mm -hmm. just because we're feeling tired or we're feeling stressed or we're feeling pain god i pray we can be healed through your word god that we can go to your word to feel uh to feel closer to you god i know the world just it it constantly harps on how we're not we're not enough in in any and every category god we're we, we haven't arrived yet we're you know we're it, it, the world tells us what we don't have God, but you tell us what we do have and I pray that we can remember that God, that we can uh, maybe just do do whatever it is that we gotta do to remember the truth that you love us so much God, that you, that you sent your son to die for us. God, I know this past week I just wrote out all the sins, God, in my life and I mm. looked at that and I said, wow this is who I am without your blood covering over me. And I just say, God, thank you so much for just for for making me a new creation today, God. And I pray that if, if that's what we need to do, we can do that, Lord. But I pray that we can walk around knowing that we're going to heaven. God, we can walk around uh, just so confident in you, God, that Satan doesn't affect us. Amen. I pray that we don't let them criticize our victory. Come on. God, I pray that we can uh, just be the most confident people in our work, God. Be the most confident people um, just anywhere we go, Lord, anywhere we put our foot because of what you've done for us, mm-hmm. Lord. And I pray that if we don't feel confident, God, that we can we can wrestle with you just like Jacob did all night. We could pray, God, and just give up sleep for you, God, and give up comfort, God. We could fast till we feel what your word tells us that we are, God. Mm-hmm. I pray that we don't... Uh, once again that we don't just take this in one ear and let it go out the other but god that we can really be changed lord um god i pray we get help that we can seek help from others if if we don't if we aren't getting this ourselves, god i pray we can get with somebody that can really call us higher uh, but god we love you we thank you for uh your son not only dying but but raising again for amen god. lord it's so cool to know that uh <laughs> that he came out of the tomb and he escaped uh, God. You know, death couldn't hold him. And, Come on. Lord, I pray that we can just proclaim the good news Amen. To people. Amen. I pray we can look at people and say, do you know that Jesus died for you? You know, I pray we can look at our coworkers and our friends and our family members and I pray that we can put our fear to the side or that mm-hmm. we can put our, you know, our, our selfishness to the side and that we can just be, uh, just be, so transformed by your grace in our life, God, that we don't ever forget uh, who you made us to be. Lord, we love you. your son's name we pray. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. i just like
0: to pray for that. Bro, I'm not going to
3: stop you. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this night, this time, this fellowship, uh, when you put on Brandon's heart, the Holy Spirit. I uh, just agree with everything He said, and pray for that. Um, I spray pray as, off and on and uh just grateful for this great body of believers and everyone that loves me God and uh grateful for the opportunity <clears throat> for me to be in the CNA program God. Um, it was a good day but a little bit discouraging with a slight setback and even with that uh, just grateful to my teacher and my instructors and encouraging me that it's gonna be okay uh, to work through it and I almost thought about not coming tonight and just being in the books and not say studying is bad, but uh, mm-hmm. just grateful I denied myself mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I was able to get encouraged and mm-hmm. come here and uh, it just goes along so well with what you put on Glenn's hat mm-hmm. um, about how Satan just constantly wants to attack us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tell us that. I know for me that we're nothing. We're down. You messed up. Look, you did all this hard work and you didn't get all the right answers or you messed up in this area. Give up now. You can't do it, Chris. And um, just not to believe that lie. Amen. Be reminded of it. Um, Being here, and I pray in this great cloud of witnesses uh, to complete to the end um, all the blessings you give me, God. Um, And that in five weeks from now, I can say through a lot of hard work and not giving up um, that my CNA showcases will make it about me, God. Uh, But with anything.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good fellowship. I'll go, good man.